Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Today is my friend, a dancer from my studio for Bluebell Adjacent. And I had to check to say your name correctly because for years I said it incorrectly, but it's Casey Money. Casey Money. The, long, the longest time I called you Casey Money. And can you just explain to everybody listening what you just told me of why it would be confusing of how to pronounce it? Yeah, because uh, when they when my family lived in France, it was uh, Monnier. So it was M-O-N-N-I-E, and there was an R on the end. But then when they came over to the States, uh, everyone would pronounce it Monnier, and it would get them really frustrated. So they just ended up dropping the R off the end of my last name. So you pronounce it like you would Monday, like the work of the, the day of the week, Monday, and then money. Monday, money. So Casey Money. Money. Is it you, what is that? You're so money. Is that the wrong from um, Swingers? Oh, you're so money. Oh, you're so money. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I've heard um, money, 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 like every like everyone's like, oh, ha, ha. you know, I'm like, good one. Uh, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm Sherry Lewis and people ask if I have a lamb chop doll. So I actually bought one <laughs> that rode my car because yes, I do. I've actually was asked that auditions. If I was a ventriloquist, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to play this because they will remember me. Yes. <laughs> so if they remember <laughs> with my, I just take my sock off my foot and I, I use it a as a puppet. <laughs> Hire me. It's my only extra skill when you put extra talent on the end of your resume. Right. <laughs> so, so Casey, where did you grow up? And then I will talk about how we overlapped and then how I have followed your wonderful journey since. Okay. Um, I grew up in Bothell, Washington, which is 20 minutes north of Seattle. Bothell, Canyon Park, Woodinville, you know, the adjacent. I went to, um, yeah, I went to an elementary school in Bothell, and then I went to a Canyon Park middle school, and then I went to Bothell High School. So, um, yeah, grew up uh, always going into the city, obviously, to dance and take class. And I grew up at a wonderful studio uh, for dance called Studio One in Woodenville, which is now yeah. called Rhythm and Soul Dance Studio, which is led by Beth Ith, who is the daughter of my uh, original studio owner at Studio One. So it's her daughter that runs it now. And she's a wonderful human being. And I learned all of my tap dancing skills from her. And then... Um, cut to 15 years old. I remember being at LADF and I was like this in the audience and I was watching Bubble Toes choreographed by Kim Gokul, I think. Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I remember watching Andrew Diolata and Jessica Reilly and uh, Lauren Whitmer and being like, wow, like I really was moved by the way that they were dancing and I'd never been able to dance like that. So at that time I like turned to my mom and I was like, I want to dance like that. And then, so she was like, great, let's figure out how to get you there. And then um, I figured out that it was Westlake Dance Center. And that's literally the year I was like, all right, shoot. And I went over to the Westlake to train. And that's where I met you. Oh my gosh. I don't think I knew yeah. that part. Uh, Cause that, that year, oh my gosh, the Jessica really, that whole, that there's times that we had like a wonderful ebbs and flows of oh. there's like the golden years and that's, you kind of tapped into that. I remember you performing. We did an in-house show. Did you dance with Xaviera too? Oh, yeah. And so then that was kind of my liaison was 
Xaviera was teaching that studio one when I was there at, in, in Woodinville. And, you know, she had explained this, you know, pre-professional idea. And, you know, she's like, cause I had expressed that I was interested professionally uh, in doing this, you know, at a young age and she saw something in me for sure. So she, she was just opening the door to more uh, idea and classes, you know, for studying and for other people and not just taking from the same, you know, just, it's like the repetitious every single week, one teacher. So um, it was, you know, kind of like broadening your horizons in a way and like a really wonderful educational way. Uh, and I actually owe, Z I owe Xavier a lot because she really opened my eyes to like, you know, there's that technical part of dancing that you love so much, but she really brought me towards this Westlake vibe of like, why are you dancing like you're dancing? What makes you feel like that? And it's not just like smiling the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that just is, I think, a natural progression in an artist when they feel like they want to, when they see something like I saw at LADF and I was like, I want to do that. You kind of are like, okay, how do I get there? How do I do it? So Xaviera was the first person to kind of shift my mind of like, oh, that's how you can really, like really, really emote and do that because she came from this really fiery place which I could kind of relate to so I was like great and then I started taking Kirsten's class and then you know you just get like you know, progressively more forward and like I like I like that okay if I like that then I like that over here and then you just keep kind of moving down the road you know oh my gosh I love that and that's this thing that comes I ask people I think just my own curiosity like did someone speak something into your life like because a lot of people were told you a lot of the Lido dancers were too tall if you're a six foot woman, like you're too tall right. and they, they were ballet trained, like, well, you just stop. And there's someone's like, no, I know a path for you. Or they see something in you because a lot of people were told like, yeah, your hips aren't right or you're too whatever. And then, you know, you think you're supposed to stop. And usually there's one voice right. that catches something in you and sees the potential. And yeah, it's and like, here's also, a path. Let's also, we've talked about this. Christy McNeil is just like, uh, obviously she's, a good friend of yours she's now a good friend of mine she was my dance teacher when I was really little and I mean that yeah. is I I still to this day hear her saying don't sit down like I remember like I would lean against the ballet bar in class or I would like sit down or whatever and she would be like Casey don't sit down she's like you're in dance class stand up and even to this day I still hear her be like Casey stand up <laughs> you know like oh my gosh probably the most fundamental training I had as a technician and like my roots is where I, like of, of where I came from as a jazz dancer because she was Cornish trained. She did college at Cornish. I went and saw her shows when I was younger. It really opened my eyes to the artistry of that. So um, and of course, later on down the road, you know, I learned that she had roots at Westlake, too. So it really made me feel at home, which was great. <gasps> I just did this whole long post that we have four auditions coming up in January, COVID willing. Uh, for training, for company. I have my Parisian cabaret show going. And so right. I just said, now's the time to train because I was kind of horrified <laughs> when I came back to Seattle of people's lack of preparation for auditions. All right. Because sometimes it's like, oh, just use it for a dance class, a free class. I'm like, yes, sometimes, but sometimes no, like I have this sometimes much time. No, right. Yeah. yeah. And like how I sat in like for the Macklemore uh, audition, I think there was like 500 people that auditioned in Seattle and 600 and BC, but it was like people that, wow. that walked in, in the middle of the, and stood in the back and they were sitting down. There's just things that on their that, phone, you'd be shocked. Oh, yeah. And I was like, we need some work, but there's just not that much work in Seattle. But I've also sat on the other side for, for village theater, for musical, all kinds of things. And I'm like, I, there was cruise ships audition that came to Seattle that stopped coming because Seattle didn't audition well. And the people right. that were trained didn't audition and the people showing up, I'm like, I've never seen these people. 
Um, one little secret, it was for a cruise ship audition that they pretended they were recording people and they just turned the camera off because they just weren't finding it. And I was like, you know what, if you want dancers, yeah, (laughs) next. I said, I will find what you want and save you the airfare and and make sure we get you get people here. But we need to do some work on preparation. So even don't sit down because there's things like if you're not told, like, you know, like when we do sign the time is that people peek through the curtain or walk through the house or go on their costumes and I'm going, but if you're not told those things, you kind of already make an example, you know, you kind of set yourself up to look unprofessional by just those things that people watch the second you walk in the door. It's not just your talent when it's your turn to come up. It's how you come in. It's, I can't imagine someone sitting down in an audition. (laughs) It is. Well, just because, and even in class, like the idea of taking even 0.001% of your energy and putting it on the ground as opposed to standing up and being present. You know, you know who else? Alex Little, who's also a Kirsten yeah. McNeil friend and is a friend of yours, of course, and was trained at Westlake with Kirsten. She'll always, if you, I remember I was taking an edge when I was like 18, um, which is, a, which was the scholarship program that I got in Hollywood after I trained with you guys. It was a year long and she was a teacher on it. And I, it wasn't me, but someone was standing in class like this and she batted their hands away. And she said, don't ever stand like that. Cause it, it, it closes off your energy to receiving class and energy. So <sighs> it's like, don't sit down from Christy McNeil. Don't cross your arms and close off your energy from Alex little, you know, like you hear these little things that mm. you would never think stick with you that they were the smallest little pebble of sand that are still in my ear to this day, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you do performing group or did you just perform with them? You were part of it. I did do performing group, you know, and like, um, which I think the reason why you say that, which is so great, which is what I tell everyone is, you know, Kirsten is so, is so great about uh, uh, just adjudicating uh, or whatever that, what's the, what's the word that means when you don't, when you aren't judged and you're just performing in the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Adjudicate. Adjudicated. So we would do a lot of competitions, but some competitions in order, I think, to prepare us just for performing for this, for the sake of performing was to not compete and to just perform, which I loved that idea because I'm, I'm an actor. I'm a performer. I, I always, I don't come from like, I got trained in technique, but it was less about I, my stuff's always less about technique. It's more about the, why are you doing this? It comes from the acting aspect. I've been like that my whole life. And mm. I really liked that idea. So Kirsten would always be like, why are you doing this shoulder roll? Like, what does that mean? Who are you looking at? Who's in your vicinity? What energy are you bringing? You know? So that was always really important to me, which I think kind of marries the whole Westlake dance center thing. I think that our studio Westlake is so big and they've, you and you guys have created so many, a space of so many people to come uh, to train and to be able to, um, to be able to like really work on their craft, whether it be hip hop, musical theater. Yeah. Like bluebells, like whatever it is, anatomy, like you teach all of your wonderful, you know, uh, body classes. It's about like why your shoulders are placed the way they are, you know? And like, it's that, it's that mentality of wanting to dig deeper as a human and figure out whether it's dance or working out, whatever it is, performing art, you know, acting, it's all there at that place. So, you know, I was telling my friend Marco today, I was like, I have this wonderful interview with my studio owner, Sherry, who I adore and I was telling him you know he's like who all came from the studio and like you know Dom Shadwong and and like Jessica really just like you know there's Sarah James there's so many people that are still out here just Brian Tanaka you know like we all grew up together 
and you cultivated that for us. And so I was just kind of reminiscing on how thankful I was for all that. Oh, I, I feel like a proud mama. Yeah. And I know. Like, Love you so much. You and, know that. And none of us can take full credit because it was not just one teacher. There were so many teachers. Oh, 100%. It's all just a, it's all just a, a, a time and a place. Yeah. All just, you know, like it, this led to this, which led to that, which led to this. So it's, you know, but that time in my life was very pivotal and really important because I learned that you had to push yourself to make yourself do things. And people would tell you, no, don't do this. Like hearing the word no is good. I heard that mm. a lot. Like, Ooh, don't do that. You know, like maybe try this or don't, don't sit down. Don't whatever. Don't cross your arms. Like the word no is important sometimes, you know? <clears throat> Ooh, that's good stuff. <laughs> I, I have to say, cause we've done, well, we didn't do sign the times the last two years because of COVID. Right. But up ah. until then, I think it, I know it's like <sighs> we've done like 28 of them. And wow. I, there's a lot of numbers I've loved. My favorite number that we've ever done inside the times was rhythm of life oh. that I'm going to forget. I know his name and I can't think of it right now. JT Hornstein. JT that, and you were so amazing in that because it like the staging on that was brilliant. The choreography, I think the performing group pulled something out of them different, but you were featured in that. Thank you. And I think that showcased you in a way that I had never seen before. <laughs> so seeing that and seeing what you've done since I'm like, of course, I mean, the musicality that you had to act, it was campy in a interesting oh, way. Campy is a great word for that, Sherry. Yeah. Oh, so good. It, but it had like a kind of sinister twist. Yeah. I want to show the video of this when this comes out, because it is seriously, I think it's a brilliant piece. And I think sometimes when you see a performer do something that challenges them in a certain way, it's good. Sometimes you see them just sit in it like this was meant for you. Yeah. That was one of those things I went, this is Casey's star piece. Right. And like JT, who's actually, you know, he was the one that called me after that piece. And he was like, Hey, you know, you're 17. You should consider what you're doing after high school, come down and do this program. I think you'd be great for it. I mean, I knew about it through Kirsten, obviously, because she's you and her have both successfully sent people down there to be a part of these programs, this program, there's multiple programs in LA you can do, but this one specifically seems to be related with Westlake a lot. And, um, JT was like, yeah, come down and audition, whatever. And I remember being in that rehearsal being like, what do you want me to do? You want me to just, you know, she does a split and then the book fall. Like there was so many, like, it was my first real Kirsten. We do musical theater, but this was like really a lot of acting. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like it was more for my character specifically because I had to lip sync. Yeah. It was a lot more acting derived. Right. Like, and, and cut to my whole career the last 15 years, all I've done is like, not all I've done, but a lot of my career has been like Glee, Teen Beach Movie, like all of these things where camera and Hollywood has mixed with uh, musical theater. You know, like I've been lip syncing for my life. <laughs> and like I did that when I was 17 in that piece. And it was it was great. And then, you know, Kirsten also she's got phenomenal musical musical theater pieces, as well as you with Solid Gold and all these things. You guys really pushed <laughs> us, you know, like. I, I actually sit a lot, now that I think about it, I sit a lot and judge for competitions and conventions now. And when a musical theater piece comes on, I always think like, why aren't you guys lip syncing? They'll do the moves to the lyrics, but it looks yeah. weird because they're not lip syncing. And I'm like, why would you not take the opportunity to be the character, you know? Yeah, it looks weird to do it without the mouth and the face. So you're, yeah. just gest you're just gesturing. But yeah, thank you. That, that piece was... Uh, it's also my my dad's favorite you know my dad supported me my whole life growing up and with dancing and my mom as well but my dad was like a stickler he'd be like 
well, I think you missed your bot mom. Like he'd be like, I think your double pirouette, you kind of, you know, you lowered your elevator a little too much. Like he was really, he knew what he was talking about. So wow. uh, that was like, he really, that was his favorite piece. And he'd be like, I still like rhythm of life. That's my favorite piece. <laughs> it's so good. So you were 17. So did you have one more year of high school to finish before you went down? No, it was that year. So it was like my, my, my uh, fall, like it was 2006 fall into 2007 which was that year that JT came to do it and then I, I graduated in June and I left two weeks later after graduation my whole family lives in Seattle and they were like what you're gonna go and I was like yeah I got the idea I got the I got I got the scholarship program I'm gonna go to Hollywood bye because <laughs> I like, feel like what? before when it first started it was like Sari I don't know if you know any of these but they yeah. a few like Alicia, Alicia Kinemono yeah exactly yeah yep. and if like if they would sometimes go in pairs or a few at a time and then like, do you go by yourself or was there anybody else that you're you know like- what's so funny is, um, which I think, I think about this all the time, uh, myself and on Ani Fant, who was a, a wonderful yeah. dancer that danced at Turning Point in Seattle, mm-hmm. who also took class at Westlake and just like, we were all such a good family from the competition days. And she was like, I think I'm going to audition. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. So me and Ani actually ended up getting on together. So I did scholarship with her. So I, and I lived with her my first year in LA. So it was nice to have that um, familiarity, you know, in, in someone being in some, being somewhere that felt so foreign, you know? Um, wow. Wow. So how was, how was that? Like, tell us how detailed that scholarship program is. Like what, what your week consisted of, like how much you're supposed to train and what you were expected to do. Yeah, it was, it was a lot like, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. You have to dance. It was like every week you would take, I don't know, there's what you do either your minimum amount of classes was two a day and your max was four. So two, three, four classes a day, depending on what Bill wanted to give you for your schedule. He would assess you at the beginning of the year. And if you were great at technique and ballet, he'd put you in like break dancing and pop and locking. Mm. And then if you were great at, you know, hip hop, he put you in Malaya's lyrical class and make you just like throw you to the wolves. And it was the best training because uh, nowadays when you are on a job, you feel like if someone throws you a curveball, you can just catch it and then throw it right back because you were so prepared, you know, but it was ballet every day. You had to wear tights and uh, a tank if you were a boy, you know, and yeah. or <laughs> Leo's in, the t- in tights. So I was like, okay, this is real because at Westlake with Sandy and Kim, you know, you guys let me wear basketball shorts, which I was like, <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like tights, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, you danced for, and then you, you only got 10 personal days a year with your national holidays, like Christmas and, and 4th of July and stuff off, but you only got 10 days out of 365 days to, to not dance. So it was, it was brutal. <laughs> like, wow. I oh think I have, a, I have a picture I'll send you, uh, it's me and my dad at my pool. I lived, I lived in uh, North Hollywood and I have, I'm like by the pool and I must've weighed a hundred pounds, you know, like I was this big and I, I looked like I was emaciated to the point where the director was like, Casey, you should drink some Pediasure or something. I don't know. You look like a skeleton just because you're dancing so much every day. Yeah. You know, you're doing three or four warmups a day. You're doing that many combos, you know, like, and then at the end of the year, you do a, a show for all the agents in town. And then they have a binder with your headshot in it. And they can be like, this person's great. Love that person. I want to meet that person. And, and that's kind of like your foot in, in a way, to the commercial dance industry, you know? 
How about some of the teachers there? If it, if they like you, like sometimes just taking the right class gets you seen yeah. by the right people. Did you yeah. have that kind of situation too? Yeah, you never, it's like Bill, the director of scholarship would always say, you know, you don't know who, who anyone is in this industry. So um, like, for instance, I took a lot from uh, my first job, her assistant, her name is Jen. She was teaching on my scholarship year. So I took her class all the time. So that by the time I got out of scholarship, uh, we'd have auditions and she knew who I was. She'd be like, oh, that's Casey. He's from scholarship. He's great. So, you know, it was like this weird hub, not weird. It was just this hub of professional industry people being able to teach their just normal dance classes. But then over here, they work in the industry and choreograph movies and TV and things like that. So they'd be like, oh, you need like this guy that does technique and looks really young. Great. Put him in, you know? Um, and so it was this, nowadays it's different because of social media and all these things and, and, and YouTube and all these things. But back then in 2007, the iPhone one had just come out, you know, like YouTube had just started being a thing. So you had to just go to class, and like hope <laughs> you met someone, you know? So yeah, it was a great program. It really, I would not be where I am today without it, you know? So I'm lucky I had Westlake. And I'm really lucky I had edge. Yeah. Did you, cause you, you were so good at that musical theater kind of style. Did they see that in you or did you have much of that? Because also be, where your career went, you've done so many movies. Right. And like that musical theater style, I know you've done other things, but did you kind of start to get guided towards that or was like, whatever comes mm -hmm. up, I can do. You know, I I'll never forget my first dance class at Westlake. I was 15 years old. And Kirsten was teaching at your dance day, which I think it was like, you get, it's like 30 minutes. Half hour. Yeah, 30 minutes. Classes. And she taught to Aerosmith, a cover of Aerosmith, Dream On. And it was like, I remember like, it was a contemporary what? piece. And I had been trained in tap, jazz, and ballet. And it was very those things. A little, you know, Xavier was in there too with like thrash jazz, we'll call it. You know, like a little angstier at that time when lyrical was kind of turning into contemporary a little bit more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't Yeah. Like it was just it, like it, it was the training. I don't know. It was so, it's so important. Like, I think, I think I didn't know that I was, I was in Kirsten's class. She literally did this move where I go to like your hands on the floor. My toenail caught the edge of the Marley and it kind of ripped up, which I know is gross. Blood right. everywhere got out of class and I was like, you know, being dramatic. And she went up to me and she's like, you're really dramatic. <laughs> I was just like, and then, thank so you. I hear her all the time in my head too, being like, you're so dramatic. And now, and she was, you know, she was kind of saying like, you know, you know, like get it together. This is game time. Like you stick know. that toenail back on and get yeah. in there. Like, get, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> and so I've always been dramatic, I think. And I think I didn't really know what musical theater was until you came in and did solid gold piece for Westlake for the performing group. And like JT came in and nappy tabs came in and did some musical theater stuff. I didn't really, I wasn't really like a big, I always loved Disney stuff. I always sang songs. I always played guitar. Um, but I didn't really marry the, the thing, the musical theaterness until I'd been presented that opportunity. And then when I got to LA, I'm just randomly my whole career because I'm dramatic. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think I, it really lent itself towards that style of dancing. But I also like, I loved contemporary. Like I, I assist Mandy Moore a lot in my career or I did a lot in my like, you know, first 10 years and so did Dom and, 
and we all got this like really nice well-rounded jazz contemporary ballet lyrical musical theater tap like if you did it you know uh styles of dance so then you just kind of adapt to any style which was so great but musical theater has definitely been like the big like star on the top of the tree you know uh, which is interesting because I think of New York for that more than LA but you the time that you hit that was when like when you did Greece which I do have to say because a lot of times I can see like there's Casey's quarter of a face I think that's him but in that one I'm like oh my gosh he has all this great he had such great like camera time in that one yeah but can you just kind of walk us through the different gigs and, and if you want it sequential or not that you got like, and how did you get those right after you were done with scholarship or was it kind of figuring out where you fit in yeah, what genre like, and agents and it like yeah I think I just got I was just you know right place right time like I think anyone that wants to come to LA to pursue a career will be successful if they stick it out long enough some people it happens right away some people it happens 10 years later one of my friends from my program didn't work a lot in the first like eight years and then now boom they're like booking every commercial and doing everything so you just never know but there's a job for everyone I think and you know, the musical theater aspect just kind of, I just was, I loved to sing growing up. My father sang all the time, the Beatles around the house. It, I, you know, we grew up, music was a huge part of my life. So it just kind of naturally snowballed. I did the, the, the remake of the movie Fame right after I graduated in September. And then I had an audition two weeks later for this movie. And they just happened to be looking for high school playing um uh, dancers for fame the remake so I booked that it was like a three-month movie and it wasn't musical theater it was just you know it was but it was technique it was Marguerite Derricks who were dancing yes oh my know. gosh and um and then right after that you know um Glee fell into my lap and I just happened to be the right age the right time the right place and I ended up doing that show for five years and I did a tour. What were you, you the Warblers? Is that the Warblers, yeah. I yes. was a Warbler, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch that again. I think it's on Netflix <laughs> so you can, or Hulu that you can find Glee again. I still have my Warbler tie, so, um, but. I think I saw it before I knew you were in there. I'm like, God, it looks like Casey. And then yeah, I saw yeah. a picture. I was like, wait, that's Casey in there. I came on season two. So uh, my one, just one of my great friends happened to get like the lead, one of the lead roles in the show, Heather Morris. I had met her, um, just through friends that I have uh, come by out here in LA. And um, she became Brittany S. Pierce on the show, who does the Brittany episode. And, yeah. And so we were like, wow, Heather, you are <laughs> killing it. So, you know, the choreographer who's wonderful, Zach Woodley uh, and his associate, Brooke Lipton, were, they trained me and probably eight of my best friends out here for four years. And we learned, we grew up on a, on a set. We learned, we grew up on a TV show and just learned how to be on set and cameras. And yeah, it was really wonderful. And then Grease Live, like you mentioned. And so all these things, you're having to lip sync while you dance, which no one trained me how to do. You have to figure it out. And sometimes you're saying like a lyric, not on a dance move. So you're not like, you're not going to hit your snap on the word you, you're going to say you and then snap. So it's on the off count. So it can be really hard. So you just kind of had to like figure it out as you go, you know? And I did a Christmas story live and I did, you know, La La Land and like, let's talk about La La Land. Oh yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Cause that was, I mean, that was such a hit. And like when, yeah. when good dance shows, dance movies come out, cause yeah. I actually, when my daughter was old enough to go, Oh gosh, I can show her like flash dance and footloose. And some of me like, Oh, this really doesn't 
stand the test of time. And some of them do, or I forgot like how inappropriate for her age. I was right. <laughs> it's a different things. era. Totally. Totally. Yeah. But it was like, there was a bunch and there was nothing. And <laughs> then when these live ones like grease live and hairspray live that Kelly Erdman was in, it just, it was like a dancer's dream to get to perform, I'm sure, but even just to watch it, because I feel like we, there's long gaps before there's anything that's really worth anything for yeah. dance movies. So you kind of hit that good timing too, because how many of the live ones did you do? Was it just Grease Live and a Christmas? Yeah, I did. I did and Christmas Story. And a Christmas Story. Yeah. And like, um, I've been really, I did the prom. Oh, I did the prom just recently with uh, Meryl Streep and all them. That was really yeah. fun. Another guest I've had on, Jelana, uh, well, oh my gosh, Jelana Lauer. I got to say her name wrong, but she was uh, in in that scene. I'm like, wait, so I knew there are a couple people in that, but she, yeah, she was in the prom. She was in the scene where they get the news that it's closing. I think it was a big dance. It was like older dancers. They were, I think, are you in that same scene? Yeah, we're a hit. Yeah, that's my scene. Oh my gosh. Okay, so oh, did I work with someone from Seattle? And I didn't know. No, she was a bluebell. She worked at oh. Jubilee, and she was in Chicago on Broadway for like ten years. Oh, obsessed. You know, that's my so, favorite movie in the whole world. Yeah. So there's like there's there's a lot of overflow, and I and also wasn't Isaac in Christmas Story Live too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I hired Isaac. I hired him. I was on the choreography team for uh, with Zach, who choreographed Glee, and then I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to. Uh, if you ever need an assistant or whatever, I would love to learn. And, you know, I think I'm good at like organi- organizing sticky notes and taking notes. So um, and he was oh. like, great. So then I ended up assisting him for that. Um, and then we needed townspeople. And, you know, Isaac is such a wonderful human being and he's so good at what he does. And he's such a character. Um, yeah. He's Westlake family. And I grew up dancing with them when I was 16. So we were like, Isaac, get over here, oh, awesome. this, you know, and he can sing really well too. So, and they were singing live for that. They were mic'd. So that oh, was really, yeah, they had to actually <sighs> sing. It was a lot. Um, so back to La La Land, because you right. had worked with Mandy Moore and knew Matt because she was coming up to Seattle before you even yep. moved down there. Right. Hadn't you worked with her here at Westlake? Yep. Yeah. She, Kirsten and her um, are really great friends. Kirsten Cooper is, uh, you know, uh, uh, she's like best friends with Mandy. And so Mandy came up, I got so lucky. Like she'd always been coming up, but she really came up every single year that I was on performing group, probably the first, the last four years of my high school career, or the, I guess that is four years. Yeah. Um, but she was the person that like, she, you know, Casey, run over here, lift this girl, throw her up, catch her like this, make sure that like she was, I was like, like this little 15 year old, like what? And she really, you know, trained me in like just moving quick, you know? And like, she's like, put your head down do the work and just like move. And, you know, now she's the top of the top in terms of, you know, she's working in everything. She's working on a project right now um, that I can't say what it is, but it's a huge, you know, she's just, she was the choreographer of La La Land. So basically, you know, this person who went around to the, you know, all these little studios in, in, in the United States and trained these people was now a working huge choreographer and now she has this pool of dancers to pull from. So I just happen to be one of those people, um, one of many who she's trained and who have assisted her and who got to be a part of this, you know, incredible nod to like MGM old Hollywood, which is my favorite. I'm a huge musical theater buff now in terms of um, Gene Kelly, Fartistera, Sid Therese, like all that. I love it so much. So and let me share your picture. I want to share the one of you, of course, in La La Land, but the one of you in your Gene Kelly jump. 
Oh yeah, my re- I, I did the recreation jump shot. I love yeah. that. It's oh, so classy. So yeah. what was the what was the audition like and the filming of La La Land? Because it's very different. I've done musical theater on stage. I've never done film, and so I know it's a I, very different experience as far as patience. <laughs> I know. I was just working with um, I'm not going to say who, <laughs> but one of these big actresses in this movie I just worked on. She was literally like, "Wow, I just really don't." she's like filming goes so slow compared like comparatively like you know a theater process is so different you're rehearsing you're doing scenes you're in an you know you've got energy from the audience it's really different whereas there's a camera in your face and you just have to act and look this way and look that way and you're you know she's like wow she's like she wasn't used to um necessarily camera all it's just kind of there's nothing there's no energy coming back to you she's kind of like a black hole right there so um you're so right it's so different but yeah, La La Land the audition. Uh, it was a big audition, but I, Mandy had brought in people to do what's called Skeleton Crew, which for anyone listening or watching, um, Skeleton Crew is what you do to prep the choreography and dance numbers before you get the all the dance, all the hundred dancers in to, to dance on cars. So she, Mandy brought in like, you know, 10 to 15 dancers and we worked for like a month, a month and a half on all the dance numbers to kind of prep for it. And then once that's done, you have a bigger audition to bring in all the other 80 people to, to do it. So I was a part, I was lucky. I was a part of the, the creation process and learning so much from Mandy about how to do things and all, you know. Um, and then Damien Chazelle is this wonderful director who he was this young kid at the time. You know, I think he was like 24, 25. Uh, I think he's a USC grad and he's just incredible at, telling a tale that ends in realism that comes from dream and escapism. You know, it's so wonderful because sometimes in life you just nod at someone and smile and say, thank you, as opposed to it ending, you know, with like roses and like marriage, <laughs> you know, which oh I love, gosh. I love that. So yeah. It I'm going to watch that again so tonight. Fun. Yeah. I think anyone, so, else, it, it's definitely for me, Singing in the Rain, like, you know, all these wonderful movies, like from just 1920s all the way up to now, La La Land is definitely a huge marker on the timeline for dance history. And I'm so proud to have been a part of it. And I'm so proud of Mandy for doing it because it was such a moment in time, you know? It seems like such a huge undertaking because I'm so curious how, they, how the people listening have seen that scene on the cars. Oh. Because like just the logistics of that, you have to have a, a overview. You Mandy can't be had like- a, she had little Hot Wheels on a giant, like uh, on a giant, uh, we'll call it like a ply board. And she had little Hot Wheels. And there was a little off ramp going this way. And there was little Hot Wheels lined up. And then she, so like we had all the cars that way. And we like, she wrote like skateboarder, uh, flamenco dancer, you know, all the, thi- the the BMX biker. And so we would have to figure out who's coming from what car, where they're going, where they end up, who's opening what car door, where the, and there's this giant rig, like a cam, like a, a car with a camera on it that drives like this, but it can only go like this and like this, but then the crane can like swoop around and go around one car and then go this way. So she was sitting there with Hot Wheels trying to figure <laughs> out where camera goes logistically. So, you know, it's like, it goes from such a little detailed map to this giant um, four-day, 102-degree weather on a off oh in Los Angeles <laughs> doing this giant dance, you know? Isn't that the song, Another Day of Sun? 
Yeah, it's another day of sun. Dude. And it's 102 yeah, degrees. So oh my gosh. It's so good. And you're also in the big pool scene where they're jumping in. Yeah. So I actually, and I, I'm, I remember I'm not in the in car the scene. I'm not in the car scene. I, 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 prepped, okay. I prepped the car scene. I'm only in the uh, uh, the, the pool Hollywood dance number yeah yeah the party oh yeah yeah oh, that, okay I'm gonna watch the, in the crowd oh. <laughs> yeah it's fun so if people listening haven't seen the movie watch La La Land La La I'm proud Land. of Mandy too watching her do so you think oh. you can dance and even like when oh. jazz was like oh jazz isn't the thing it's contemporary that yeah. she hung in there and she did good solid jazz and then I think it comes back to be appreciated again I think jazz kind of gets like poo-pooed right. and then it comes back and like no it's valid no it's not oh. yes it is it's so important jazz and it just it's the basis of so many wonderful things jerome robbins and i mean come on west side story just came out like it's just such a fundamental part of movement you know and dance history and current day like it's so important and i used to say i used to be like oh it's dying but it's not i mean i have so many myself wonderful friends and colleagues that still really teach fundamental jazz so you're right. You know, as anything kind of ebbs and flows, this definitely is something that, in my opinion, is like, if you know how to do it, you know, <laughs> you know, and if you want to learn how to do it, it's going to take work, you know. Well, yeah. everyone to change their name from jazz to something else. Like, no, like Kirsten, I'm the only ones that teach jazz right now. Okay. But I found like people wanted to do contemporary and they wanted to feel the feels. So we would have lower level, but they didn't have any, they didn't learn the basic technique. Right. Two years I, later. I, I do an attitude term without arms, you know, like. <laughs> well, then somebody took my turns class and did pottery. She goes, I've never learned this. And she'd been dancing uh -huh. at Westlake for something like 10. I go, how have you danced this many years and never learned a pottery? Because you know what? Maybe it's not cool, but it's going to show up. Right. And many things. And so, and you know what? Learn it. Class, you know, like. Yeah. Here it is. Here's here's some gaps that we missed. Yeah. So you did so much film. Did you do live performances too, or was most of your focus was most of the things you got hired for film and did you industrials or? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did a Samsung industrial. Which, if anyone's listening or watching, that doesn't know what an industrial is. It's like a performance for a company for their like main hub meeting. Is that correct? Like, yeah. Like yeah. if I work for Samsung, we're all going to go to Las Vegas and fly, they, they fly all their employees in and then to usually open up in like a big, huge ballroom in Vegas, like at a hotel, you do a giant, like 20 minute performance for like a company, Samsung, like I did. And then all their employees are sitting there just watching. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually a big part of the industry that, you know, a lot of people work and do that is not really known, you know? Um, There's been a lot yeah. now because of closures. There's quite a few Wesley people that have done, yeah like alaska airlines and yep. uh some i don't know which there was big. apple but yeah it's again now it's like okay if we're isolating and you can't do big things like there's some work i know and you know what's interesting i was talking to my friend marco about uh it's interesting because i could go into a room i i always i love auditioning i love the energy i love going to support people while they do it in groups i love dancing like i love to be able to like i'm competitive in nature in a very like in a very positive way. I like, I just love to dance. And so me being in a room to outdance people, let me in, I'll do it and I'll book it. Like I, that's, I love that process. And if I'm not right for it, great. Thank you so much for your time. I had a blast. I'm going to go grocery shop now, whatever. But like nowadays, like you'd mentioned COVID, it's just crazy because I'm lucky that I was in the industry when I was, because now, now everything is just video submission. You can't go into a room and have an audition for 200 people because you might all get COVID. So now it's just like, Hey, Casey, are you available for this? And it's like, great. Or it's like, Hey, 
I'm putting together a submission for this movie. Can you send me a video of you doing this combo? And then, you know, so the, these kids today that came even two years ago to train here and now they can't go into a room to be seen, that might be a deterrent for them, you know, or it might be a positive because they are shy auditioners, you know, it could work. Yeah. Way, but it's interesting. Yeah. The times have changed a little bit the last two years. <laughs> well, that was, we did our isolation cabaret to make money for, for Westlake when we were closed and we, <laughs> and people came it live from their house. And the first few times people are kind of not knowing with their camera, the ones that did it over and over, like, I don't know what they do because I haven't, they don't rehearse together. So the camera goes live to their house and like, well, he's got a curtain. He's got a microphone. He's got a costume. <laughs> and then they started using their camera angles. And like yeah. people, people that took the time to do it, got really good at it. And then like, okay, this is a thing you might need because who knows what COVID is going to do to the um, entertainment yeah. industry. But if you've got these skills now, yeah. you've got a little bit of an advantage when people are like, oh, I'll just wait till this dies down. And I, and they don't know how to work on camera. So if you can do it with your iPhone, there's some good practice when you have to get in and know know how to engage someone like you said it's not giving you anything back yeah i know it's a, it's a totally different process and like filming movies and tv and these things it, it goes so slow you know like slower than you would think if you've never done it you know it's like yeah. they're setting up like two shots like here and here and then like the actors here and then they just say two lines and they keep doing it over and over and then they have to switch to this angle and so you're just doing it one day is just one scene or maybe two if you're lucky and it's just for 12 hours, the same thing over and over, just different angles. So it can be monotonous and draining, but yeah, your isolation, your isolation cabarets were so your oscillation cabarets. <laughs> you got so Southern there. Fun. Um, Cause it really makes people think outside the box and it challenges them to think like, how can I do this? How can I present myself? How can I portray myself? You know? Um, and that's hard. It's hard to put yourself out there and to do those things, especially when you're by yourself and there's no one else to bounce an idea off of, maybe just another person, you know? Um, so yeah, that was always so fun to watch. Cause you, and, and you had isolation cabaret down here in LA. They had, it was a, another uh, type, exactly that type of show where people could pay to get a ticket and to watch. And it was so creative. People are creative, you know, people I saw awesome. some really amazing things that I kind of preferred to, you know, have to park in the rain and go in. Like there was things that people did in their own room with <laughs> camera angles. I watched a, a like, this is great. Show. I love I this. Know. Like... After isolation camera, I turn it off and I have my pajamas on the lower yeah. half anyway. And I get my blanket out and I'm like, I don't have to go pay for my parking. I don't have to, you know, go out in the rain. Yeah. There was, there's some things. Yeah. I think it is like, we are able to adapt more. Yeah. And I think performers, especially, but some people, you know, if they waited it out, they, they may pop back in there, but some, yeah. So I have a question too. Did you ever want to do musicals? Like to do like a run, like a month or two run at a theater? Or did that ever even like, work into your schedule? Okay. I have to tell you, sorry, I'm going to turn the light on because can you see me? There we go. It's yeah. getting dark here. <laughs> um, so it's so funny. I was telling my mom, I was like, you know, I'm so bummed that I never did drama in high school. I never did um, like a singing. I never did choir um, and I'm someone who's so musical. Like I, I love to sing. I love music. Like I obviously all dancers and people that do an art or a profession that has to do with music or, or, you know, that type of thing. But I was telling her, I was like, I'm so bummed that I never really investigated that stuff as a young man, you know, like times were different obviously. And, and, but I, I never let myself investigate those things. Um, and then cut to when I was 18, I, you know, really enjoyed 
those classes. We had like uh, Carl Warden, who was a Fosse dancer, and obviously Marianne Lamb, who's this incredible mm-hmm. fireball of energy that worked with Fosse, who's just, I mean, I saw Chicago in theaters, the movie, 13 times. I still have all 13 stubs. I was mesmerized by Rob Marshall's work with camera and how he really integrated shots with musical theater. But I guess to answer your question is no, I I didn't know, but it's something that I found later in life that I'm like, all of the, all the algorithm of my life leading up to musical theater was there. I just never really, really put it into place to be able to be like, I really love doing that. You know? Um, I could see you doing that now because I, you know, it's like, age would not be an issue for you. I think you're still an amazing dancer. You can sing and you can act, which I think dancers would age out of being able to do that if they didn't have those other gifts. Right. Yeah. And it's just so funny because I wish I would have, I can sing naturally. Like I I can carry a tune, but I mean, I always say, um, I found myself saying like four, four different times in my life, I would trade every dance ability in my body and bone. I would trade my ability to know what a rhythm and a beat are to be able to sit down at a piano and sing you know like i would just I, that was something that mm. i would just love to do but marrying all three of them obviously is has been wonderful and has been so fun and now i'm like a uh i got this last movie that i worked on because i um know so much about old hollywood and mgm musicals and how they were made and why they were made and um it's something that I've really, since I've been 18, I've been like, oh, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about this person. I didn't know why this happened, you know? Um, That's why you're Bluebell adjacent. Don yeah. Martin was always a non back <laughs> to MGM musicals. Every show has a disaster, but it also has like a segment of like Fred and Ginger or there was always right. the Hollywood glamour. And so when those shows went away and the old musicals, like there, there's, even when I'm putting my cabaret, I like there's something I want romantic classy yes. that gives that back to like, Yes. You get dressed up to go out and it's like that little bit of decadence. Right. And a little bit of innocence. Um, yeah. But it, it feels like it's nice to see a young person care about, about that era. Yeah. And it's just, it's, that's something that I think is, is, hasn't been investigated a lot by this newer generation. You know, it's like to know the history of why these things are and how they came to be and who was a part of all of the, you know, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of information, but it's important to know, you know? Um, and that's why I love Gene Kelly so much. I did that recreation shoot, you know, and like such an inspiration. I will show you pictures of how many dancers have pictures of Gene Kelly. He was the <laughs> opening of Jubilee. I met Donald O'Connor came to our show. But oh. Gene, Gene Kelly would come to the openings of shows. And there was somebody told a story about being backstage and he asked how they were doing. They talked and then like, I said something about like, if he was a dancer, he goes, Oh yeah, I dance a little bit. No idea. It was right. Gene Kelly. Oh my he was, God. He was kind of a figure. Cause he would come to these shows, Sammy Davis jr. Like they, there was that overlap of that old Hollywood yes. and these huge Don Arden production shows too of like, yes. And actually um, I believe Kenny Ortega was a big part of that too. So I, Gene Kelly trained Kenny Ortega. So Kenny Ortega choreographed dirty dancing yeah he directed hocus pocus that was his first directorial like big major motion picture which was a obviously a huge hit and um anyway he he uh kenny choreographed xanadu 
and Gene Kelly directed it. So I they, just watched that the other day. It's so good. <laughs> Everyone go watch Xanadu if you've never seen it. It's incredible. The Living Newton John, it's 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 to die for. And I trained under Kenny for like five years. So I Isn't got that who I, choreographed the, the Grease Live. Wasn't that Kenny Ortega? That's Zach Woodley. That he did, oh, okay. he did Glee. Okay. Kenny, Kenny was uh Kenny created and found Zach Efron and all those guys from High School Musical. He created High School Musical. He did like that whole franchise and that he's responsible for that. So he, I learned a lot of stuff from him too, which he's a, I mean, high school musical, he created that. So when I was really young, I came into his life right after that. And I learned all these things from him about camera and actors and, you know, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of really important things came from him, but he learned from Gene Kelly. So I was like, oh my gosh, tell me everything. This is so <laughs> cool. Okay. I do want to post that picture. So yeah. we're, we're going to tie this up in a little bit, but I also want to just acknowledge that you're an amazing teacher. Oh, thank you. And I don't know if you were doing it all along while you were performing or was like, after you're not working as much as a performer, <laughs> excuse me, as I choke. <laughs> excuse me, yeah. that water goes down the wrong pipe. <laughs> that you, were you always teaching or was it something that came later in your career because you're really good at it and not everybody who's a good performer is a, a good teacher as we know i i learned i i think i learned 75 percent of my teaching abilities from mandy moore the choreographer like yeah. I, did, I really she came in and changed my life like everything she was doing insane at the time and i really loved the way she got us to like she got us to she got stuff out of us and she was really positive and kind but pushed us you know like game time game time like no go harder you can do more why would you settle for that travel you can get lower in the floor go like um so i didn't teach until i was 19 uh which i guess is kind of young as a teacher but people start teaching when they're like 16 13 whatever you know they but i was asked to teach on a convention showstoppers and i remember being so nervous because if you've never been to a dance convention you have to hold a microphone in your hand and talk to 200 kids while you teach choreography. So I remember being like really scared at night, 2 a.m. before I have to teach my first ever convention class and I have a microphone. I have the remote control from the TV in the hotel room and I'm standing there practicing <laughs> teaching my dance combo with my microphone because I was so nervous to hold a microphone while I teach. But teaching, yeah. some, teaching something that um, you don't, really appreciate or understand until you do it and then you look back at all your teachers such as yourself and Kirsten and Christy and Beth and these people that you know it's it's not easy and it you put a lot of yourself into it you know it's it's very it can be very draining if you're not used to it because you're constantly pushing energy out to get energy back from these from whatever whatever it is you're doing right so um but I love to teach and I love my whole teaching process is literally just asking questions. If they go across the floor and it's not working or I can notice it's not like no one's, everyone's frustrated or whatever. I'll, I'll just turn off the music and ask them like, so what do you guys think happened? And then I just won't say anything. And I'll just wait until someone feels brave enough to speak up. And then it's like a conversation, you know, it's like, I don't know why I know how I would have done it and I would have done it correct. How come you didn't do it correct? Or how come you feel like you didn't do it correct? Cause it looked fine, you know, just yeah. like that. So I always, I'm trying to ask questions as I teach too. I'm a student as well. Always, you know, Moment. that's amazing. Cause I know, I know we've had guest teachers come in. They've been in LA for a little bit and they come back as a little bit of a know-it-all 
Right. And a little bit, there's something like it, I don't feel it lately, but it used to be people go to, from Westlake to LA and they come back. They feel like they had to prove something. Right. And like, yeah. I'm going to teach you guys something. And then like, actually, no, a little humility goes a long way. And you are not, nobody's arrived there that you are now the, the know-all be-all of all dance. And so when you see someone come in with that humility to give and take and not like, I'm going to show y'all something. I think uh, that doesn't I think go over well, especially Seattle. That does not right, go over well. Right. <laughs> Seattle's so funny. Every single colleague of mine nowadays, like, you know, I, I know so many people in the dance industry. I know so many of my colleagues and people that we, you know, everyone that I work with professionally that teaches on convention, every single convention, there's probably like 20 nowadays. Like there's so many, yeah. way more than that. Everyone fights over Seattle. Everyone's like, I don't care. I just want to go to like Colorado and Seattle. And it's, it, it's a big fight because people in Seattle, you know, we're a different breed. We're, we're a little more grounded and a little more, a little more like heady. And I think in, in a way of like, we ask questions and we are not afraid to, we just come from a different place. So people really enjoy that coming because it's a different breed of people. We just are, we're not the same cookie cutter. It's a little different, you know? Oh my gosh. That's yeah. really interesting. I don't know if you know, Tony, he used to teach at Westlake. He was down in LA and he was working with Mar Marguerite Derricks and he came back and he kind of had this thing like, I have to show I've been in LA and I'm cool. And I knew him before. I knew right. him as Tony. So I'm driving to the studio. He's got his sunglasses on. He's got his giant Doc Martin shoes on. And I go, <laughs> what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm like trying to pull off this thing. Basically, he's trying to pull off Marguerite Derricks boots. And I go, but it's nighttime. And he goes, I, he still was trying to, I go, people are going to think you're high. So he came <laughs> in. And he had his boots and his sunglasses and nobody thought he was cool. They're like, what's wrong with Tony? Why is he wearing sunglasses at night? Those boots don't make any oh, sense. Oh, he was trying to do the Marguerite thing with the sunglasses. Got and the, it. And the boots on there. But nobody went for it. I've seen people try it and people at Wesley go, what are you doing? Just, right. just, just show up, teach a class. Right. Anything that worked like this anywhere else, Seattle, <laughs> we're like, just teach us the combination or just like, we're, we're hungry to learn. We don't care about your sunglasses and boots. That's it's funny. You know, I think going back to what you said too about people coming back, I think it's it's so funny. I think it reads kind of like, oh, you're trying to prove something, but I think people are just scared because they want to yeah. do a good job and, and they want to show up and be like, yeah, like I, you know, I'm doing this thing and I'm proud of it. And there's a lot of pressure when you go home because you want everyone to to know, you know, or to you want to share that with people. So I think there's a lot of pressure to do a good job. I, I remember I've heard people like say like they felt like I can't go home until I've succeeded because they felt like everybody's like, well, what have you done? Well, what, so we what had, I had to talk to some people. Right, like, it's right. okay. If you right. go down there, you did the hard work of leaving and going. Right. No one's expecting you to have landed a movie, but there is a presumption that everybody's like, okay, prove to us why you went down there. So I don't know if you felt that, but I know that, you know, it's very rare that, I mean, we've got a lot of people from Westlake that are on tours and oh. doing things. So we're quite proud, but also we're equally proud of anybody who just steps out and takes a chance. Yeah. And I think I'm really proud of Westlake because I mean, we represent here well, like everyone that's like, Oh, you're from Westlake. Wow. Like I love Dom, you know, like I love, you know, Alicia, I love like there, we're all hardworking people uh, to generalize, you know, and we're a different breed, like I said. So um, it's, we have a great reputation here because of where we came from, you know, and it's consistent across the board. I, I believe because all of us have been down here doing it and everyone continues to still come up 
uh, Yana, who was on Westlake yeah. performing last year, is now doing CLI with Teddy Florence in Philadelphia, a really wonderful program, you know? So it's, it's fun to see where everyone goes. And who cares if you do one thing and then come back? Maybe you're supposed to come back and teach for 10 years over here. And, you know, everyone's successes are different. So, and timing is everything. If you've seen the movie Country Strong, the best movie in the world, Gwyneth Paltrow. Really? So wonderful. It's like this like B movie that no one's really ever watched. And there's a song called Timing is Everything. And it's just the world. So that's what I live my life off of. Timing is everything. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's like a lot of us that did Blue Belt. Like I happened to be born at a certain time in the calendar with long legs and happened to be the right, <laughs> right. age when right. everybody wanted five foot eight and above. And right. that lasted for what, 20 something years. And now. Yep. There's still a few shows, but I hit it. I hit gold because that time there was like millions of opportunities for dancers. What I, for what I did. Right. And it's not, and if I had been born later, you know, that wouldn't have been the case. Like, do you want to work here? Do you want to work? I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have like caught like, Cause you just kind of, because you got here because you were here first and then here, like I wouldn't have, I just happened to be of an 18 year old, 19 year old dancer that they needed to play high school for glee. And like, I would exactly same thing. I have a question for you is the Bluebells is Mary Kelly, Margaret Kelly. Is that who Margaret started? Kelly, and yeah. She, I believe, was born in Ireland. Yep. Which I just came yeah. back from. I lived there for like like seven months last year. I didn't know and that. I believe she went to Paris and started what is officially known as the first dance troupe of America, or sorry, of the world in Paris, where I believe she passed away. She's yeah, and I'm actually going to Paris in, in a couple months. I want to I want to go to her grave or her, where her marker is. Yeah. But actually, the episode that comes out this Thursday is I've had two people that have done a lot of history research and that actually worked with her personally. So we're kind of doing it's called for the love of of Miss Bluebell about how like during the war, during like the occupation of the Nazis in Paris, like how she, they refused to perform for the Nazis and how she got her girls out of her, her husband was uh, in a concentration camp. Her story is amazing. Oh, and amazing. after the war, how Paris started to grow and they bring it to Lido and the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And after that, for how many years that we got hired by Miss, I were, I auditioned for Miss Bluebell. I worked for Don Arden, wow. hired by Miss Bluebell. And that was a 300 person audition. And three of us got picked to come up for the show. Right. And it's so like, if you get picked like, by Bluebell, you know, like you feel pretty special. Yeah. And it's like the original kind of rocket. Yeah. Moment where it's like it was a pristine troupe that cultivated performing and 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 hard work and technique and the art classy. Of classy. I was gonna say elegance, you know, like yeah. they had to dress that. up and you see them on the airplanes all yeah. dressed up. You had to always be representing it's a um, nice, it's a nice move from it's like a transition from vaudeville, vaudeville, like grimy vaudeville into like yeah. that classy, just give them a little bit and leave them wanting more type of era of yeah classiness like you'd said so that's i love that stuff <laughs> that's like you just scored such big points with me for even knowing that I've interviewed <laughs> I was people because I, I was in ireland and they were talking about dancers and we were talking about gene kelly and all these old hollywood stuff because we're making an mgm type of movie they wanted to <gasps> do mgm so we were talking and we worked in ireland so we hired irish dancers and we were they, uh, they were talking about well do you know who mary kelly is that's an, that's an english accent that wasn't irish right. it's okay um, <laughs> But I had not known. And then you started talking about the Bluebells and they told me who Mary Kelly was, who's Margaret Kelly, I believe was her. Yeah, Margaret Kelly, yeah. Yeah. And 
uh, yeah, that's, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was just in Ireland and I just heard about her. And then of course I ran into you over the holiday. And then I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Timing, timing, timing. Yeah. Wow. This has been, I hope that they like listening to it. For me, this has been a great gift. I hope that this could just be my, my guilty pleasure. So as we're going out, signing off, is there anything else you feel like you want to do as far as if it's not even within the genre that you're doing now, or even the, the art form that you're doing, is there anything that's like, I would like to do this and you could be your age now or at a hundred years old. Yeah. Like I just, my main goal has always been to direct. So I'm going to keep fighting to do that. And I make a lot of my own videos. You can check out my YouTube page. Yes. But you, uh, I will just get a name. link to that. Okay. Yeah, Cause I want people to see you've done some amazing yeah. work. And I'm super in- into I'm into like conversation, dance pieces that derive from like conversation. So like sitting across each other at a table or whatever. So I'm really into, uh, I've, I've had a camera, I had a big VHS camcorder when I was like seven and I would make movies with my friends and I've always made films and I love it. And now I'm lucky enough to be working in the film industry and there's kind of a natural progression such as Gene Kelly, Bob Fosse from dancer to choreographer to director and it happens a lot so that's my that's my goal and I'm going to aim there and I've been aiming there for a long time so um I had the opportunity to kind of learn how to do it on this last job the director really helped me out and took me under his wing and showed me what things were and how to set up cameras and how to talk to actors and all that so yeah um directing is still the goal and I'm gonna keep fighting to do it oh you're gonna do it you know, it's yeah. interesting. I can so see that. And I, and I've talked to a lot of people that did the shows and some of us just did the show and left. Some people were like, how does that soundboard work? Or they were watching what the costumers, like there are some people that they were watching and they were doing their own production company out because they watched how the costumes were made. They learned like, where did you buy this? How did you do this? Yep. So if you have a curious mind instead of like, I'm just going to do my thing and then I have to go to school for it. Like you are doing school. In the best every- way to learn how to do something is to just do it. In my, yeah. I mean, you can go, obviously school is wonderful if you need to learn how to do open heart surgery or whatever science, what, you know, but Please if go to school art, for open heart. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a super big advocate for just picking up a camera and learning, see what you like, what, what, you know, what speaks to you. And so, yeah. What about you? What do you want to accomplish next in your life? What's something, Ooh, my that, gosh. what's something that you feel like you tomorrow or in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years want to be able to do or visit or achieve? Oh my gosh. I am loving this podcast more than I ever would have thought. <laughs> and I know, I feel like there's people, it's like, I know there's something coming. I'm not sure what, and I feel that. Like I've thought about putting like a, a coffee table book because I have these amazing photos and then translating the podcast into like an edited, like cool. one page. But I also like somebody's talking about doing a musical, Miss Bluebell's Life. I'm like, I feel like there's something that has to do with this. You should write and- it, Jerry. You should write it. Well, he was kind of writing, he's a director. And so like, but I do feel like, I feel like it's a collaborative effort in some way. And it's like when you can almost taste something or see it, but I know there's something great because this is the whole thing of archiving this. We just lost like three bluebells this last week. Right. So, you know, there's a lot, uh, there's a few 80 year olds I've interviewed, but there's not that many that go back that far. So the importance of archiving, telling the story. Wonderful. Okay. And I just want to try, I just want to travel, 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 like going to like in the middle of COVID, like I'm going to Paris. We're going to all the cabarets. I'm setting up auditions for one of the dancers. I'm going to be teaching on a cruise ship in the Mediterranean. Like I'm freeing up my life in a lot of ways right now. I'm 62. And you've always loved to travel. You've always traveled. 
you, well, lately you've been traveling a lot. I know. So that's the point of life is to just be happy. So if you're going to, you want to keep doing that, you're the perfect person because I know that you inspire people firsthand because you've inspired me. You've inspired so many wonderful people that work now in the industry and you're the perfect candidate to do that. So I am for that. Let's do it. Well, the fact that you got to go to Ireland and do like when you get to mix your art with travel, for me, that was the most wonderful time of being a performer. I was like, I think I want to live in Montreal. Yeah. Mm, I think I want to live in Bermuda, but I, I, that's coming back in a way to free up my life more where I can. Sky's go. the limit. The sky's the limit, you know, like feeling that. And it is interesting in the middle of COVID where everything feels so restricted. I feel like there's more freedom right. in a way to go do it now because we we've taken for granted that these things were going to be around forever and, you know, enjoy it, do it, create new things. Cause we kind of got in a rut. I feel like as far as creativity and now new things right. are emerging that gets me really excited. So. Right. Same. Yay. Same. All right. Let's make a movie in. Perfect. Um, we'll call it bluebell. All of, all, <laughs> and we will just tour France and we will eat all the food and Ooh, write a story. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm so down. I'm there. I'm there with you. I would love to collaborate with you on stuff. Okay, well, I'm down. Call me. Hit me up. Okay, well, cool. We'll get Mandy in here, too. Heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> so any any parting words you want to say to our listeners? Um, Go Westlake. Go Sherry Lewis. I love you guys so much. Sherry, I love you. And I'm honored to be on your podcast. <sighs> I am honored to know you, Casey. It's been a wonderful thing to see your journey. So we will post some pictures, some links to your good work, and uh, someone's going to snap you up and go, that guy, that's who we need to direct this. Thank you. Okay, yeah. signing off. Mwah. Be well. Happy New Year. You too. <laughs>